Devoncast from Radio X. Hello and welcome to Devoncast, the weekly podcast looking at local and regional issues in Devon, the politics, the people and how decisions here affect how we live, work and enjoy our county. I'm Ollie Heptonstall. And I'm Philip Cherm. On the way this week, with just three weeks to go until councils across Devon decide who they want to represent them, we're joined by a political expert from the University of Exeter. We also look at why many of Devon's roads could be allowed to get worse over the coming years and away from politics, celebration. Devon is getting ready for the King's coronation. Devon Cast from Radio X. It's only a few weeks to go until the local elections here in Devon. Candidates and party workers are out delivering leaflets and trying to win over votes. But just how significant are these elections? Now, Dr Stuart Fox is a senior lecturer in politics at the University of Exeter and can hopefully help us find out some answers to that. I mean, first first of all, Stuart, um, you've said that these elections are actually quite pivotal for the Prime Minister. Why is that? Yes, that's right. I think that's because these elections, rightly or wrongly, are going to be seen as a barometer of public opinion in the, the crucible of the ballot box, if you like, and a test of whether or not he's managing to rebuild the Conservative Party's reputation uh, and effectively their electoral prospects in light of the uh, disastrous impact of Liz Truss's premiership on the party's national poll ratings. And I think not just the media, but many Conservative MPs are going to be looking closely at the results to see whether or not there's any uh, any optimism for the party's prospects in a general election likely to take place next year, uh, and specific MPs are going to be looking to see whether the results indicate that they're likely to hold on to their seats. Uh, and a bad set of results in that regard could well mean that the the fragile piece that Rishi Sunak has managed to, to cobble together in the past few months in the Conservative Party could become ruptured uh, if too many of them feel that he's just not doing enough to make sure that they're likely to stay in office uh, from this time next year. For much of the country, it is very much a Labour versus Conservative battle. But it, in places like here in Devon, Labour has been less influential. I mean, in the, in the cities it's had, had influence, but it's been less uh, significant otherwise. So uh, why do you think that is? And do you think that might change? You know, Why has, has Labour had in places like Southams and Mid-Devon and so on? Why do you think... Mm. I think uh, one of the difficulties that Labour has faced is that when it comes to winning in local elections, success breeds success. When you've got councillors, uh, you have people who are there to uh, promote the party's message, who have got the time and the energy to promote the party's message. Uh, they can recruit volunteers and campaigners and they can organise campaigns. And Labour historically hasn't made many inroads into places like Devon and, and the southwest of England more generally. Uh, for the most part, opposition to the Conservatives has come largely from the Liberal Democrats and, and some independents. And they're the ones who have got more of the campaigning infrastructure. So even when Labour has done well in the national polls, it hasn't necessarily translated into success in local elections in places like Devon, where other parties have got more of the infrastructure they need to take advantage when the Conservatives are, are having a bad time. As for whether that's going to happen this time, Labour doesn't have much of a campaign infrastructure outside of uh, outside of the cities. It doesn't have too many councillors already in place. But at the same time, they're riding very high uh, in the national polls, uh, well ahead of the Conservatives. 
And we have to remember that the last time these seats were contested was in May 2019, uh, when the Labour Party and the Conservatives were actually doing very poorly in the national polls, and they were both hemorrhaging support to minor parties, left, right and centre. Labour are coming from a very low base, and they're very popular nationally. That might be enough for them to overcome some of the uh, the infrastructural disadvantages that they face relative to, say, the Liberal Democrats in this part of the country. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, Stuart? You mentioned about Labour in Devon. Um, obviously, they do quite well in Exeter and Plymouth, particularly in Exeter. Mm. Uh, Torbay, though, another urban area, they've really struggled, haven't they? They don't have a single councillor there at the moment. We asked um, Tudor Evans, the Plymouth Labour leader, why that was the case, why they have struggled so much in Torbay. And he told us a, a few weeks ago he had no idea, really. <laughs> what do you put that down to? I, I think that that probably is, uh, to an extent, a reflection of Labour's history of just not doing well in the area. When you don't do well in an area for a long time, when you don't have any kind of serious presence, there aren't going to be people who are going to go out and uh, pound the streets, deliver leaflets, so that voters know that you are in the area and you're active in the area. So even if you've got voters who are sympathetic to your party, um, they probably know, well, Labour's never really a serious force around here. So if I want to vote against the Conservatives or I want to vote for someone new, I'm not going to waste my vote on Labour. I'm going to look for a party that might be similar to Labour, but that's got more chance of winning. But I think in areas like that, Labour are really trying to overcome this uh, historic momentum, if you like, that's operating against them, where so many people just don't think it's worth voting for the party, even if they might be inclined to do so uh, in a general election. One of the things that's been raised by some people in the lead up to this election are concerns about uh, voter ID. They're saying, mm. um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to keep various people out. A lot of people, they say, despite the publicity, won't necessarily know about it. But it's about the forms of uh, voter ID as well. They tend to favour older people who tend to traditionally be more conservative voters. Um, do you see the introduction of voter ID having any general impact on either turnout or the result? Yeah, it, it is It is very controversial. And uh, there, there have been some entirely legitimate concerns raised, I think, about the fact that the acceptable forms of ID um, are far more likely to be the kinds of things that older voters happen to be carrying around with them than, than younger people. Whether it has a, a big impact in this case, I think is is questionable. The, the sad reality in many ways is that the average adult does not vote in local elections. And those that do uh, tend to be more politically engaged, uh, more likely to be routinely interested in politics and to vote regularly at elections. These are the kinds of people who are also often older and therefore have access to the kind of ID that would be acceptable. Uh, and they are less likely to be the kind of people who would find it difficult to find an acceptable form of voter ID for these elections. That's not to say that there won't be an adverse impact. I'm sure there will be. But I don't think it's going to be quite as serious as we could see in a general election, where, of course, the average person does vote. Uh, and the, 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 the range of political engagement that we see from people voting is much broader than that that we see in local elections. Um, so we will see turnout depressed by this a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be really, really serious. I certainly hope it's not really, really serious. As for whether it affects the result, it may affect the result in a few wards where uh, sometimes the, the difference between victory and defeat can come down to just a, a handful of votes. Uh, and it may affect the result 
because the kinds of people who are more uh, likely to find it difficult to have acceptable ID, which is disproportionately going to be younger people, are at the moment at least particularly likely to vote in a particular direction, such as for the Labour Party or for the Greens or for the Liberal Democrats, whereas older people are more likely to vote for the Conservatives. It may have an effect on some results in some parts of the country where it's, uh, you know, where it's very close, where it's neck and neck between first and second place. I don't think the impact across the country is going to be enormous. That doesn't mean, though, that it's it's not very, very serious. If even one person is, is turned away from a voting station, that's a, a serious issue. And we'll have more from that interview with Dr Stuart Fox later on in the podcast. Devoncast from Radio X. Now let's take a look at some other stories from across Devon this week. And Ollie, it looks like difficult times for Devon's highways. Yes, that's right, Philip. Many of Devon's roads are expected to get worse because of a lack of funding, according to a new report. The County Council says the amount of money it has for highways maintenance is halved in real terms compared to a decade ago, with a plan now in place for managing decline of its road network. It wants to maintain the condition of A and B roads, but the lack of cash means Devon's minor road network will be allowed to gradually deteriorate. It led to one opposition councillor suggesting residents may want to consider a more traditional form of transport. If you're a resident in a minor rural road, effectively, with the decline that is implicit in, in this report, you're just going to be landlocked. You're just going to have to walk uh, everywhere or maybe get a horse. That was Liberal Democrat councillor Alistair Dewhurst. Now, it's worth saying that Devon has a lot of miles of road to maintain, over 8,000, the largest amount in the country. Here's the County Council's Highways Chief, Conservative councillor Stuart Hughes. Like all authorities, Devon is facing significant financial pressures which uh, have been compounded uh, further by the recent high inflation. So the services continue to uh, focus on improving efficiencies alongside innovation, recognising that uh, in the absence of adequate funding, the service must prioritise and best manage the decline. And you can read this story in full at our website, radiox.co.uk. Now, Philip, on a more positive note for you. Indeed. Over 30 streets in Plymouth will be closed to let residents celebrate the King's coronation. The council gave permission for a total of 33 road closures on the bank holiday weekend, which begins on the 6th of May, and that's to allow for numerous street parties to take place. Now, the council says some streets will have parties over the course of several days, as the public have been encouraged to celebrate the whole weekend, not just one day. So some have decided to hold these multiple days of celebrations. Of course, it's not just Plymouth celebrations. There'll be, I'm sure, there'll be celebrations uh, in Exeter and uh, across across the county um, as the, as the weekend goes on. And it's coming up so quickly, isn't it? Now the coronation at the uh, start of May. It is indeed, yes. And all, all the excitement begins. It's a it's something for us to recover, help us recover from the local elections. I think. Devon Cast from Radio X. And speaking of the local elections, it's back to the second part of our interview with Dr Stuart Fox, political expert at the University of Exeter. And we continued by asking him what it would take for the government to have to rethink its new voter ID policy. I think that it's possible that there'll be a lot of pressure on the government to rethink the policy, um, although I, I think the government won't be receptive to uh, considering whether the policy remains. I think if they do anything, it's going to be to perhaps broaden the range of acceptable forms of ID that people can bring with them to polling stations. Um, But whether the government is receptive to any of that kind of pressure is, I think, another question. 
it's worth remembering that there really isn't a lot of support for this uh, legislation as it is. The academic community is almost universally against it. Uh, the Electoral Commission is concerned about the speed and the pace at which it has been introduced. The local government association has stated that they don't think it's been introduced in a good uh, in a good way either, and that certainly the, the speed of the introduction is likely to make mistakes uh, more prominent. Some of these things may have gone away in a year's time, but there aren't many who currently support the legislation being introduced to begin with, because the instances of voter fraud that voter photographic identification is supposed to combat are already incredibly rare. And yet, despite that, the government went ahead with the legislation in its current form anyway. So I don't think they'll necessarily be particularly receptive to any criticisms of the legislation from those who have already been criticising it quite vociferously anyway. It'll be interesting to see the, uh, the impacts of that. Uh, and sticking with sort of voter engagement locally here in, in Devon, a couple of our councils, Plymouth and Exeter, they have this system whereby a third of the seats are up for grabs each year. From your experience, do you think fewer people engage with the process and turn up to vote as a result of that, given that, it well, certainly in the case of Exeter, it's very difficult to change the control of the council when only a third of the seats are, are up for grabs. Yeah, I, I don't actually think it has a, a particularly um, big impact. I think if uh, if someone is persuaded that they want to vote in the local election, they want to show that they're unhappy with the government or they want to show that they are happy or unhappy with the local council, um, they see their vote as an opportunity to do that. Uh, and I don't think they're necessarily put off by the difficulty with changing control of the council um, that the this rotating one third of seats electoral system uh, brings with it. That doesn't mean that they're not frustrated with it and that they wouldn't necessarily like to see it change. But I don't think it's an obstacle to them voting. I think it's it's one more feature of our uh, electoral systems that uh, irritates those who nonetheless uh, routinely take part in it. I suppose on the flip side, it keeps councils honest, doesn't it? And it means that they can't just carry on for four years without fear of of losing seats yes it does that that's one of the big advantages uh, of this that uh, there is a greater potential for voters to hold councillors and the council to account because there are elections more commonly uh, for those councils and this was one of the the reasons that this measure was introduced that the hope was that it would increase engagement with the uh, local politics because people would feel that they had greater opportunities or more opportunities to hold their local council to account than is the case for the national government. Uh, and I think it does achieve that to some extent. It doesn't seem to have much of an impact on turnout or engagement with local politics, but I don't think there's much question that it does mean that the councils have to be more responsive to public opinion and to local media if they know that a third of the seats uh, within their area are going to be up for grabs far more commonly than is the case in uh, authorities where all the seats are up for grabs once every four years. It's a problem with two sides of the, of the coin, really. One is this idea that it seems more democratic to be able to have more regular votes once a year or, or whatever. Um, but sometimes if you speak to the political leaders, they will say, well, the problem with that is that you're spending half your time running around trying to get re-elected when you could, if you were only having elections every four years, set out better plans and get them done. So the, the, a lot of the political leaders don't like this idea of regular elections. Yeah, uh, 
I'm not all surprised that elected politicians don't necessarily like the the notion or the idea of regular elections. Uh, it does make them work really hard, and it, it makes them work harder and have to interact with people who might not necessarily like them very much, namely the voters. Uh, but there is a serious point there in that there's a balance here between democratic accountability and the effectiveness of, of local government. Uh, I don't think that there is uh, any kind of consensus on which one is the best. I don't think that there's any indication that local authorities are necessarily run more effectively if they have more or fewer of these elections. Um, I don't even know to what extent voters perceive that there's uh, a difference in the effectiveness of the service or whether they prefer one or the other. I could well understand why local councillors feel that way. I'm not sure there's a compelling argument uh, either side, really, to say that we should keep the system or uh, roll it out or get rid of it entirely. But um, yeah, I can understand why politicians are a bit wearisome of it. Now, we've mentioned the Tories and Labour quite a fair bit so far, Stuart. How, how do you think the uh, Liberal Democrats and the Green Party, how do you think they'll get on this time in Devon? I think they'll do well. I, I think the, the Liberal Democrats are have been growing their um, national popularity for some time now, recovering from, uh, I think, the, the disaster of the 2015 general election. And, um, they've been rebuilding their reputation uh, for being good advocates of their local community. And they've been offering an alternative to the Conservative Party for people who were put off the Labour Party uh, during the Corbyn years or since. Um, and I think the indications are that they, they will do well. And they are the ones that the Conservatives are most worried about in places like Devon and, and in the, uh, the south and the southwest of England, where there are many... Uh, middle class or university educated voters who were opposed to Brexit, but for whatever reason, are prepared to uh, support the Labour Party. And in the Liberal Democrats, they see an alternative. Uh, as for the Greens, uh, I think they can also expect to do well. They've been growing their support again in, throughout the Southwest, really, uh, for some time now. And the more support that they build, the more councillors they've got, the more volunteers they have, the more campaigning infrastructure they have to keep building on that success. And they are also increasingly seen as an alternative to the Labour Party um, for people who are concerned about climate change or just want to embrace a broadly left-wing uh, political agenda. I think the, the Greens and the Liberal Democrats can both expect to have a fairly good night uh, in May. Thanks very much to Dr Stuart Fox from the University of Exeter, a fascinating academic insight into the forthcoming local elections. That's it from us this week. Thanks to Philip for his company. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to join us for another episode of Devoncast next week. Catch the latest episode of Devoncast every Friday at radiox.co.uk or wherever you get your podcasts.